What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Zone Podcast. 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 Hey, everybody. How are you doing? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I just like that intro. This season is just gonna drive us insane. I feel like I am slowly but surely. It's just like going, going crazy, especially since we talk about it all the time. Yeah, but I don't know. I have like this ongoing depression going on. But when we start talking about it, I start feeling better. See, like, <laughs> it's like my it's whole like life. A, it's like a temporary release. It's good. It's like last year was so. It was like a pendulum. Last year was so high. This year is like for every for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So last year, the swing to the good. This year, the swing to the not so good. Well, let's pull up the standings here and see okay, how depressed so, we can get. Well, you know what? It is kind of a. It's kind of weird the standings this year because we were just looking at it and like only three teams have only over forty points right now. Well, so. I was saying to you the weird, it, the parody this year is that everybody's bad. It's outside of the the yeah. Caps, the Islanders, the Bruins, and the Blues. Caps, Islanders, Bruins, and St. Louis are the only teams that currently have over forty points. Um, and like pretty much every like it's just kind of weird. It's like there's the sure there's the the L A. Like, but I mean, is L- LA still? They've got eleven wins. It's not like they're just like way down at the bottom. Well, here's like, some perspective for Detroit you. Detroit and New Jersey. Uh, what? I can't even speak. Speak. Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. The Minnesota Wild. They're two points back of us, and they have a game in hand. Yeah, like what? The Minnesota Wild. Hey, I predict they make the playoffs. So, well, they're I'm not, not going to make. The I'm playoffs. not too surprised. But I mean, look at Nashville. Even like we're ahead of Na- even though we have well, okay, there you go. We have three games in hand in Nashville, and we're no. two points up on them. But Nashville's still, got three games in hand. They played twenty six. Yeah, that's games. what I meant. Sorry, they played like the lowest amount of games in the league. But I mean, no. the Sharks. Think about the horrible season, the horrible start they had to the season. They're up. They're in the second wildcard spot right now. How are they fifteen and twelve? They won our run. They're in the last ten. They're eight and two. Are we going to go on a run? We have to. Otherwise, because we're not we, make the we've been scratching out these wins where we're like, boy, we sure didn't deserve to win that one. Thank God we okay. snuck well, a win. Check out. out, check out the regulation win totals, though. Check out our regulation wins. Seven. We have seven regulation is wins. Is that the lowest in that the league? That is the lowest in the Western Conference. Okay. That is the second lowest in the league. We're, we're tied. tied with New Jersey and Columbus. Detroit has one less regulation win than we do. That's kind of messed up. Boy, dude. we kind of suck, eh? And that's the thing, like, okay, we're it's like we're okay, we're staying in it, but like outside of like three or four in miraculous comeback games, okay, well, we win in overtime. I'll say this. So I, at least we're still in it. Sorry, I banged. I'll say this. There. I did come into work yesterday, and I shared this with you, and I was feeling kind of good about it. Yeah, why are you so depressed today? You were feeling good yesterday. I was feeling good yesterday. Okay, go on your spiel. Yesterday, walking to work, I'm like, you know what? We might be exactly where we need to be. And the reason why that might be the case is because, let's say, we're about to actually start to play some resemblance of this team we saw last year. Even some would be nice. Even like 50%. Because do you see any right now? Like, you're... You're hard pressed on a nightly basis to try and find some sort of resemblance of the team we saw last year. Maybe even out, for a, even for a shift, maybe outside of the play. We saw of David Lid- Riddick. Yeah, outside of Riddick and I guess Lindholm to a degree, and Gio and Brody have been okay. So now let's say if the team can start to show some of that resemblance and become that team again, and I don't care. We don't have to be as good as we were last year. But can we just play sort of the game that we played last year? Because I think 
even if we get to just sort of, we'll still be a playoff team. So who, like, the, the question I have, because the thing I always look at in play, and I know it sounds really early to be talking about playoffs, but, like... Playoffs? For, for the most part, this is, like, this is it. Like, this is where it starts to get, like, for real. Because, like, you've heard the status, like, okay, if you're not in the playoffs after American Thanksgiving, very rarely do you get in. Yeah. Of course it happens. People, it, it's... The St. Louis Blues winning the Stanley Cup has really screwed up a lot of hockey philosophy because now everybody's just like, look at St. Louis, dead last. It's like, that's a one in a million occurrence. It rarely happens. I think that's the first time it's ever happened. So you can't take the you can't take the outlier and apply it to everybody. That's never going to happen. Yeah. So, But still being on the positive yeah, side. Yeah, I know. I'm just, we, I'm looking. Based I, on where we are currently in the standings, which is... We're, we're, the, we're in the fourth wild card spot. We're one point out of the second wild card spot. Of the second wild, which card is currently spot. held by San Jose. One point out. So we might just be exactly where we need to be because if we are, let's say we did hop, hit rock bottom. I don't. I think we've hit rock bottom with this whole Bill Peters debacle. Now I mean, that, I can't we changing, see we have anything getting worse. Like it the, would have to be something pretty horrendous. I think. I think we're playing our worst hockey. I don't think we're, we can play worse than we currently are. Even if we tried, I just think I think, I think it's possible. Well, I mean, do Johnny Gaudreau Johnny, is not going to be this well. Do you think Johnny Gaudreau could get worse? No, because all he's playing probably the worst he can, which is he's he playing turns, the worst I've ever seen. He him turns play in the his puck career. over more than he generates chances. Yeah, at an alarming rate. He probably has. Well, I should have looked this up, but I'm just thinking about it. He probably has more giveaways per game than scoring chances. Well, guaranteed he does oh, shots than 100%. scoring chances per game this year. Are you kidding me? Like I don't know what's with him. So. All I'm saying is, even if they show some resemblance, they don't have to get back to the team they were, but I still think this team is a playoff team. And so, coming to work yesterday, I'm like, you know what? This might be, it's kind of like when you're down on the road by one goal, going into the third period, and you're ready to press. You're like, okay, we got him right where we want him, even though we're down. It could be in the same situation where it's just like, we're right where we need to be, because no one's taking us seriously now, right? People are going to start playing Johnny less seriously now. Is this the way human nature works? And last year we peaked too soon. And we were probably playing our most mediocre hockey going into the playoffs. Compare that to the Avalanche. They were peaking right at the time they played us. So let's say this is the most adversity we'll face all year is the, this first third. It can't get more adversarial than this, can it? Jesus. Then we start to incrementally get better and better and better. And hopefully we peak right around late February into March. Well, all you really have to do, see, that's the good thing. Like you said, all you have, you just have to get in the playoffs. You don't even, you don't need to finish first. You got it. Even if you just barely make it into the playoffs. So it, it, which we're already, we're right there. All we need to do is go on one good run. You look at the teams who have kind of climbed up the standings after having a rough start. Dallas, like where was Dallas at the beginning? 10 games in, like, Everybody was freaking out. San Jose? San Jose. Like, Dallas went on a set, last 10, 7, 2, and 1. San Jose, last 10, 8, and 2. They're right in it. Now, that's easier said than done. Yeah, for sure. But if you can just get on a streak, you can easily, well, not easily. If you get on a streak, you get rolling, you're feeling good, you start playing somewhat like the team we saw last year, you gain some momentum, you get up in the standings. These next two games are important. You got Buffalo and LA at home. Yeah, well, we've already dropped two games to the Kings this year. So you need to beat you them. You need to beat them. You, the, you need to beat Buffalo because last year you did the same thing. You beat them in Buffalo 
And then right, you came right back to Calgary. I think you lost in overtime, right? Well, they got to be Buffalo and LA because then next week they got the Abs, the Coyotes, the Leafs, and the Hurricanes, all of whom are rolling right now. So you got to take four out of four of the next two games. You know what we need to do? We need to start rolling. Exactly. Like it's enough of this. Like we need to get rolling. So, like my question to you is, how long is this Johnny Gaudreau sucking gonna last? I like so, it's so okay. I thought he, I thought he looked a little bit more dangerous and like himself against the Senators. I mean, he had that breakaway chance. Well, he had two, a few he chances. Two assists. He did get the. I think he got a. I think he only got the one assist on the empty net goal. I think Lindholm's goal was unassisted. I'm pretty sure. Um, so he gets a point at least. But man. It's just starting to get alarming when we're, we're over a third of the way into the season and I have not seen Johnny Gaudreau beat Johnny Gaudreau for like maybe more than a period this season. Like what's well, the best game he's played this year? And not only Maybe that, that Dallas game where he scored in the shootout? Not only that, but how bad has he actually been in the last 12 games? Like how how detrimental to the team he's been? Well, you pulled up that stat a little, little while ago, which is like... Expected goals off and if, on the ice. If and, you're better with or without them. Yeah. And the analytics say you're better without Johnny Gaudreau on the ice. He's getting a little better. Right now, he's currently in the quadrant. So this is just a it's just a graph that shows on-ice expected goal rates versus off-ice expected goal rates. So it's just like when you're off the ice. Right now, they're bad even with or without them. <laughs> so look at the four right now. With your, You're better without them. The number one guy right now is Stone. Yep. He's like which way... Which makes sense. Which cracks me up because on the fan this morning... All Nalt was talking about is, oh, Michael Stone's been so good. It's like, no, he hasn't. It's funny what happens. Can't wait to get Travis Hamannick back. Yeah, he's been terrible. <laughs> it's it's funny what happens when you start looking at the analytics yeah. because the analytics help you improve your eye test. Totally. That's, what, that's the problem people have. It's like, oh, I just watch the games. It's like, so do I. But then I go to the analytics to see if what I'm seeing is actually what's happening. A lot of the times it is. Some of the time it isn't. But it just gives you more information yes because if you if you don't necessarily know what to look for or what you are looking for then you might miss it exactly so and stone is not where anybody wants to be <laughs> the team is better without him on the ice and Harrison and Hamannick and Monahan as well right now. Monahan is still he's still Monahan is, is where Stone used to be. Right? Well, again, like everybody's talking about Gaudreau being so bad. It's like what are we going to do with Monahan? Right? Like, because this has kind of come up recently on some of the lives we've been doing and we've been just throwing out there. It's like, has his abilities as a hockey player, like, atrophied because he's been just relying on Gaudreau so much the past three, four years? I think so. Like, because... Like, all you have to do is... You can't do anything without him. If all you've had to do for four years is find some open ice in the slot and then bury... Yeah. But now that Johnny can't find you, now what do you do? It's very weird. Well, what, what, what can he do? If that's been his game for four years, he's made his bread and butter doing that. It's just so odd that the that these two like again, and I think Monahan. We are kind of used to this. Like he is well, very yeah. streaky. He's very streaky. How many he's goals do you have? Down. I think he's only got five goals. Um, but like no, Johnny Gaudreau, have we ever? I don't think so, man. I think he's got like nine or ten. Have we ever seen Johnny Gaudreau go through a stretch this bad? No. Like not even close. He's got six goals this year. Monahan has six goals. People. He's got six goals. Sean Monahan, who like. Count me as somebody who's always reminding people, oh, he's the best goal scorer in the draft class that included Nathan McKinnon and Alex Barkov. He's on pace for 17. Like, that's brutal, dude. Like, what is he doing? And you know he always is streaky and gets on these streaks, but currently he's on pace for 17 goals. Great math. Um, But that's crazy. 17. He's not it. You know he probably will 
Remember my hot take at the beginning of the year? He's going to be a Rocket Richard <laughs> candidate. So much for that, eh? <laughs> I think a lot of our hot takes are pretty bad right now. Except for Other me. than Riddick being Except like best in the caliber. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's what I think we're all waiting for with this team. And that's what I think is like maybe giving some people a little bit of like freak out is like this team will only be as good as the top players are. And they have been so bad this year and have given us nothing to uh, give us any confidence that they're going to turn it around. They've spent most of the season in the category you're better without them on exactly. Like even, even Lindholm, I know he's been scoring a lot, but. Well, he plays with those two. What do you has expect? he really been doing much else? Like he's been okay, but I don't know. In this past little bit, yeah, he's kind of faded out a bit. But he's yeah, he's kind of disappeared a little bit. And he did that in like post All Star break last year too. So well, and the thing is, is like you hear it and you say it to yourself, yeah. and and you say Johnny Gaudreau is going to turn it around at some point, right? Right. Well, but, we've been saying that for two weeks. But now. now it's kind of like getting to the point where you have to now ask, well, is he? Is he? Is he? <laughs> like it's like what is going on with Johnny Gaudreau? Well, we asked this question, I think we did a podcast called "What What's Wrong with the Flames or something, and it's like, what the hell is wrong with Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan? They are completely ineffective. Like, what are they doing? Like, seriously, like, can anybody explain to me how these two guys who have, coming off career years, have just suddenly become completely ineffective hockey players? Maybe they are too soft. Like, I don't know. I don't think they're too soft. Like, the thing is, like, I posted something to our Instagram, Johnny Gaudreau's uh, shot, like, his uh, heat map of his shots this season. Yeah. He's, like, compared to last year, he, the only place he's shooting from, literally the only place, is that, like, sharp angle on the left wing. Well, you don't even have to tell people. They know. Like, you know, everybody knows that shot he takes right on the goal line. That's it. Go look at his heat map for his shots this year. Last year... All around the slot, specifically in the right wing slot, like one right, time position. Yeah, like right in the right in front of the net, like just like he was on fire there, getting tons of shots there. This year, it's literally like nothing except for that one spot on the ice. He's not really going to the. Or the other place he's shooting from is the top of the circle, like you know that stupid slap shot he always does, yeah, especially on the power play. So it's like he's not because I think you've said this before. It's like he's. When people bring up, oh, he's just needs to be tougher. No, it's like he needs to be able to get to the areas. That can well, that score goals. The reason goals. why, and he's he, not doing that. Reason why he was so lights out last year is because right out of the right out of the, the the beginning of the season, he was shot out of a cannon, and he was driving to the middle of the ice every time he entered the zone. Yes, exactly. Like now, he's literally getting bottled off. Literally, watch every time he enters the zone, he'll just do a pivot and delay and wait yeah. for someone else to come Either in. Either button hooks like right at the blue line, or he'll just drift down to the goal line and try that shot like every single time. And usually when he button hooks, he'll try and walk it along the blue line. Which he's historically quite good at. How about that one play last game where he tried to kick a pass on the top of the blue line on he, the power play right to the other guy and give a breakaway? See, like, has did the Colorado Avalanche just completely destroy this guy's confidence or what? Because that's what it looks like to me more than anything. Is like, it's a confidence. He's not con- he, like Because he has the ability... Like, do you know when Johnny Gaudreau's Johnny Gaudreau and he has the puck on a string and he's just, like, mesmerizing to watch? Have we seen him play one shift like that this season? No, you see the opposite. Now when he gets the puck, he turns the fucking thing over. Yeah, and it's not, it's not even, like, a turnover. It's just, like, uh, 
it's like much. it's not like he's really trying to actively create anything right it's not like a turnover that it's like if it had gotten through it would create a play it's like it's bobbling off his stick yep. it's like he's not even trying to do the things that make him successful not that he's not trying but it's like how many goals does johnny have five so after 29 games your two best players have 11 goals johnny has five goals dougie hamilton has one less than them combined <laughs> Like, that's just not good Sean enough. Sean has six goals in 29 games. That's just not good Your enough. Your leading scorer in the past how many years? And then Johnny Gaudreau, like, five goals. This season with Gaudreau on the ice, the Flames are a negative 10 threat compared to league average. They're less of a threat to score, like the they're, expected gold rate shows. 10% below league average. When Johnny Gaudreau's, like, when his ability to create offense. Does that make any sense? Like, look at his heat map. We're just looking at his heat map right now. Look right there. Let, ice cold. Ice cold in, in front, front of the net. net. Just like. It's like he doesn't ever go there, ever. He's like, it's like he's never there. Never. It's it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know what is wrong with him. I literally don't know. Like, and we've been trying to figure it out. Well. I did have a theory potentially it was a rift between him and Pill Peters. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Well, he was a little more dangerous in the in the Ottawa game. We'll he had see. the breakaway. He had a few he good def- chances. He definitely didn't do like a, a a direct return to play like we saw yeah. know, like Tyson Berry in Toronto as soon as Babcock leaves. Right. Okay, Jeff Ward mixes up the lines today. I don't even know. I doubt he'll roll with these. Yeah, everybody's freaking out about these. Like, come on, Jeff Ward. Yeah, we heard. I heard him talk on the radio today. He was like, I'm just trying stuff. You'll probably see a bunch of other alterations. But just for the sake of it, the lines today at practice were Kachuk, Lindholm, and Manjupani. And I think that's the line that everybody agrees is beautiful yes. and yes. dynamite. And that's what we want to see. 100%. That could be an incredibly dangerous line. Because I think we've all wanted to see Lindholm at center more. But then when you have the second line, they have Monaghan on the left wing. That kind of nullifies, I think, what having Lindholm at center does, which is increase your center depth. Right. So the second line is Monaghan, Backlund, Dubé. <laughs> then the third line is Lucci, Ryan, and Gaudreau. <laughs> and the fourth line is everybody's favorite fourth line in the league, Reader, Jankowski for league. So, and then the D pairings, you got Gio Brody, Hannafin, and Hamannick back together, which I think is the stupidest thing of all these line combinations, and Shillington Anderson. Yep. So let's just... At least stones the odd man out right now. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So let's just break these lines down a little bit and just maybe okay, see like what Jeff Like we said, we like the top line. Who was it um, that gave us those lines yesterday? Yeah, Jim, Jim Basile. Jim Basile. If you're listening I, and to I the posted them and I kind of took credit for them. You jerk. Well, I changed a few things. You didn't give credit where credit was due well, to Jim Well, I thought of it afterwards. Okay, because Jim Bissell, I think this is what he had. I don't know what his real name Chucky, is. Chucky, Lindholm, and Mond, right? Yeah, and that's that's and probably I, the best line I've and seen. And then I really, this is what I liked even more, was yeah. the second line, which was Monty, Johnny, and Dubé. Dubé, yeah. Which, so, which we saw in the preseason and all kind of got us jazzed up a little bit. Um, so, I mean, a guy like Dylan Dubé, I think could really maybe, I don't know, kickstart and Kedron Monahan? I don't know. I think he could. I think those are two really solid lines. I don't think, think Mon Giapani has the fortitude to kickstart Monty Johnny, but I think Dubé does. I think I think the top, a line of Lindholm, Kachuk, and Mon would be so dangerous. But then you have Monty Johnny Dubé. And then you follow that up like, hey, it's all, we, didn't we say this like, uh, gee, I don't know, three and a half weeks ago? <laughs> but um, yeah, like there's no way Gaudreau is staying with Ryan and Lucic. Um. And then, well, I, who knows? Maybe they start with it and they score like three goals. Yeah, no chance. Watch him; he's gonna feed. 
Who's he going to feed? Ryan <laughs> doesn't go in front of the net. Lucic can't get there. He's too slow. Yeah. So I, I, w- I would suggest they're probably going to put, obviously, Backlund will slot down. If it was if it was me doing it, I would go like Jim Basil's lines. Um, you go Chucklin, Holmange. Yep. Monahan, Dubé, Johnny. Yep. I think he had uh, Bennett in there, didn't he? I don't know if he had Bennett. Bennett, I don't know when he's coming back. So yeah, Frolik, Bennett. Then you go Frolik, Backlund, Zarnik. You know, you know, yeah, Zarnik, Bennett, and Froli or yeah, uh, something like that. That'd be good. But I, for what's right now, because I don't think Bennett's back yet, I would go uh, Zarnik, Froleek, Backlund, and then your fourth is line. Zarnik back? Yeah, he was skating today. Practice as an extra forward, so I think he's ready to go. Um, and then I would sit Jankowski, and I would roll out Ryan Lucci, Reader. Yeah, it says Zarnik and Ronaldo extra forwards. Yep. All right. Well, it's gonna be interesting. I'm also curious. Okay. We've had one home game after that whole debacle of Bill Peters yeah. under Jeff Ward. So you got four days off with practice with Jeff Ward, the new coach. I better start to see something different. Yeah. Because I was kind of expecting the team to have some sort of different energy to response without Bill. Well, it would have been nice to see some sort of like, even energetic, like you said, response. Like they come out with flying Against the Senators. Exactly. They kind of didn't. Kind of hoping with what the Leafs did. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was hoping for. But they went like, four in a row? Yeah. I think four. Three, definitely. But they've been playing great. Um, and I, I understand that Jeff, like, what's he going to do? Just, like, change everything right away? No. He's got a... It's a feeling out process. Yeah. Um, and again, like, we all like to uh, come up with this grandiose narrative of, like, there's the turning point. It's like, oh, when Bill Peters was let go... Jeff Ward took over. Everything has been awesome since. It's like, it's probably not going to work out that way. Like the Toronto thing, I think, just shows how much of a toxic situation it was with Babcock. Yeah. Um, I think Bill probably and obviously had some strained relationships with some players, but it doesn't sound like it was to the degree as it was with Babcock in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the Flames, I mean, not the, all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I w- we need to start seeing something different. And you know what we need, need to see start... Know what we absolutely need to see change is the power play. A hundred percent. The power play is losing you games. This has literally been, we've been banging this. I'm sick of talking about it, but like, why don't they change it up? I don't understand. And I've got a heat map of uh, the power play unblocked shot rates for the Flames this year. Literally not anything is going on in front of the net. Not one thing. Well, not even in the high slot either. No, nothing in the slot. There's there's a little bit of sh- there's some shots coming from the point that's which Gio. I don't like that's usually Geo, um, and then you've got a couple shots that's probably Gaudreau coming from the left hand the top those, of the left circle and those aren't even one time shots no he's just slapping that weak little slapper yep. and then you've got some coming from where Gaudreau's shooting on the goal line that's it that's it and like maybe a little bit like a very little amount of shots coming from the kind of like the bottom of the right circle usually that's probably Lindholm or Chucky. But they gotta get this power play figured out. It's so not dangerous at all. Like it's not even not dangerous. It kills every, any momentum they well, even have. And now we're starting to see shorthanded goals and chances on a nightly basis as well. Like you've got to figure it out. Then I like again with that with that with those players with that cast of players on the ice those five guys that power play should be dynamite. There's really no excuse. There's no excuse. And I mean, obviously, I think it's Johnny Gaudreau is struggling. So, like, the power play runs through him. When he's struggling, it struggles. But, I mean, they got to figure something out. Like, I was watching the Bruins game the other night, the Bruins and the Habs. Like, how good is the Boston Bruins? The Boston power Bruins play? power play is unbelievable. 
They move the puck so well. There's so much movement. There's so many set plays. There's so much it's going on danger. in front of the net. It's, it's just high like, danger. I don't understand why the Flames can't adjust their power play. Like, and Jeff Ward is supposedly the power play coach. Like, look at where Boston gets. Like, look at all of these. Jesus Christ. Like, we're looking at the Bruins. I'll post this to Instagram we, later. This this heat map. Yeah. Whereas, you know that's Pasternak. It's just Pasternak or Marchand just, like, rifling shots from, like, the hot, from the the high slot. And, and you, know those are, you know those are one-timer yes. cross-ice cross passes. When do you ever see the Flames have a set one-time play? Never. Have you seen any one-time shots Not cross even ice? once. Because they have everybody on their natural side. Like, that's generally how power plays work now is, like, cross-ice passes and quick passes through the slot and get the goalie moving. Like, that's how you score. Like, the prob- I, don't, I don't know what the Flames are trying the to do. The problem is, is that Johnny needs to be on the other side. Because he can't feed anybody cross, cr- no, exactly. cross, cross crease when he's facing downwards. Well, even if he's he could, be, it's he usually to, Lindholm there. You're not, yeah. You, when you need to be making cross-ice passes coming up the boards, you yeah. can't make cross-ice passes going down the boards. It's like we've, I, it's like they scored that, <laughs> that Johnny to Lindholm cross-ice goal on Lindholm's right hat, like the uh, natural side in game one of the year last year. Right. And it's like, that's the only time it's ever worked. You know what pisses me off is that we sit here for like five minutes yeah. and start thinking about what they could do different. And it's like all these solutions come to mind. And it's like they never try it. Like what are the coaches doing? Right. Like, what are they doing in their office? All what day? does Einstein say? The definition, the definition of insanity, insanity is, is trying the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. Are they not doing that? That's exactly what Have you doing. seen any tweaks, any changes? Not even one. So do you think they're expecting the same results? I think they are. Which, if you're expecting the same results, is Jeff Ward their, power insane? Play, their power play sucked last year too. Is Jeff Ward insane? Maybe. So we have a sane, <laughs> we go from a racist to an insane person leading the bench. So maybe Martin Jelena. They gotta adjust the power play. Is gonna be the new power play coach? They have to. I don't I'm not sure. They haven't really specified who's doing what. I Could we just see some sort of like, like some sort of adjustment? Like, and not on. an adjustment that's like, yeah, let's put Lindholm on power play two and uh have Jankowski out there. Like, no. Let's come up with some actual strategic solutions. And here's the other thing is like, why don't they have Lindholm on the one timer? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like like they're, I don't, I everything don't, is backwards. Well, and the thing Johnny is, Johnny should me. be coming up the exactly. boards, passing to Lindholm for a one timer shot. Switch instead Lin- of him coming down the boards. They need to switch Lindholm and Goudreau on their wings. And I don't even mind if they do like a, do like a ro- like a rotation there, where to give a different look, maybe Johnny and Lindholm switch sometime. Like it, you do a three person switch where everybody rotates out, and you move Kachuk from the front of the net to the left or right wing. You move Johnny down low. You move Lindholm to the right wing. Like if they do some sort of, but they never move. I'm like s- watch the Flames power play. Watch it. Everybody's stationary. Nobody's moving. I'm sitting here, and I don't mean. Listen, we don't want to sound like we're fucking just complaining all day long. Well, I complain about the power play. It's the NHL. These are supposed to be the best players, coached by the best coaches. It's the best league in the world. And you're telling me something this simple? You can't make a tweak? Well, and it's it's just the fact that it's like we haven't seen any change in the past two years, right? Like, nothing. Like, like literally, like, have you seen any adjustments to that power play unit? It's Gaudreau on the left-wing boards. It's Monaghan in the high slot standing there doing nothing. When was the last you time Monaghan Kachuk- even got Never. a shot on a power play? Never. Well, he, I, did he, was that Pittsburgh goal of power play? Might have been. Um, 
You've got Geo at the point. Like it's literally been the same setup for a, for a full calendar year, and it's been a pretty bad, pretty bad power play for two years straight. Okay, so let's change this. Okay, just just as it's, a, it's an aside, just, it's just the NHL.com website is literally the worst. Oh, it's the worst. You can't like, get any stats. It's finding stats is one of the most difficult tasks. Like all I want to do is pull up power play rankings. And they have this weird search filter. Yeah, where like it's what just is like, this? Like this is stupid. I don't want this. Okay, I got some questions for you. You ready? Sure. <laughs> Who has surprised you the most? Okay. One third into the season. And let's do it both ways. Who's just surprised you most in a positive light? And who surprised you the most in a negative light? Well, as soon as you said Probably negative. outside of Goudreau, if Goudreau is the obvious answer. So give me your top okay. two. I feel like who's give most... Give me your top two. Yeah, who's most surprised me? Not even surprised. Okay, I was going to go on a tangent about... Do you have a follow-up question to this or can I get into it right get now? Get into it. Okay, TJ Brody. Because this guy got a lot of shit over the past, I would say, year. I've been a staunch defender of TJ Brody. So it's not that I'm surprised, but <laughs> I'm surprised that he has continued to be this good. And I'm. this is more of me talking about how glad I am in my assessment of a player than who I'm surprised at. TJ Brody's been great. Travis Hamanick has not been great. One of the main talking points going into the season this year was like, oh, who are they going to trade, Brody or Hamanick? And everyone was like, Brody sucks. Brody sucks. Brody has been fantastic this season. And since he's got back from his, his like, is uh, episode in practice. He's been lights out. He's been the Flames' best defenseman since he's got back. Yeah. So TJ Brody has been great. being excellent has not surprised me, but I'm just it's like it's making me happy. Um, I mean, any somebody else who surprised me in a positive way. I'm I'm surprised that I don't know if I'm surprised, but Lucic has not been as bad as I thought he would be. Okay. Right. Like I know the bar is really low. But he's been okay. Okay. Um, a few other guys, like, I mean, I have been absolutely blown away by Rasmus Anderson and personally Oliver Shillington. Yeah, okay. So those are some guys that I guess have impressed me more so than surprised me. And okay. then, I mean, all right, again, it's kind of weird because, like, all the guys who are doing well, it's not a surprise, right? Like, David Riddick, it would be a surprise for most people, but not for us. Yeah. We were like, this guy's solid. I'll, I'll let you know who my two are. Okay. Sorry, I gave you way too many. And no, that's good. You know what? I actually agree with you. And to throw this on record, I'm a Brody hater. You were. I was. Now you've seen the light, baby. I've had very. <laughs> now you've seen the light. Very little to hate TJ Brody about this season. It's been good. Even even when he's been thrown under the bus for misplaying two on ones that lead to game ending goals, I think he did that like twice in a matter of two weeks. Those weren't his fault. The breakdowns were bonehead moves by other players, and those were highly skilled guys on a two-on-one. That's not his fault. He's maybe had a couple blaring turnovers that, that were a bit costly, but outside of that, he's been fucking solid. Yeah. So he actually, I'm in agreement with you. He's been my he's my number one who's surprised me the most in a positive light. Yeah, baby. The second guy for me is Elias Lindholm. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Because and count me as somebody who is like, this guy is literally going to fall off a cliff because there's no way he's putting up the same numbers. Where I was the opposite. I was like, were. no, he's going to repeat. Yeah. But what surprised me about him is not surprising me that he's contributing. is that he's contributing while no one else is. He's been... Which is weird. He's been the guy. He's been the driver. The most consistent goal scorer on the team. 
He's been the guy, even when Johnny and Monty aren't going, he still somehow finds a way to find the back of the net. So those are my two guys. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Okay. Who surprised you the most in the negative? Other than Gaudreau and Obviously. Well, yeah. Okay. Like they've obviously been incredibly disappointing this year. Um I, I will I will give this as an honorable I don't know because maybe I just I hold this guy to a different standard. Kachuk hasn't blown me away this year. Obviously, he's had some games where he's been absolutely incredible, but he still hasn't been as as consistent as I would like. Um, but no, he's still been one of the best players. So I'll just throw that in there. That I I don't know. Maybe I just expected him to come in and light the world on fire this year. I mean, there's a few guys who have been mildly disappointing for me. Number one is Noah Hannafin. Yep. He's he's been not that he's been terrible, but he's just like he's just so he just doesn't do anything exceptionally well. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping because we did do a deep dive podcast on him in the summer, and it was like, okay, sure, he's been pretty bad defensively throughout his career, but his underlying shot metrics suggest that he could be poised for a breakout offensive season. We saw a little bit of that in a game against Dallas. We've seen a few games this year where he has looked very good, but he, he's not consistent at all. He is so like he, on a night-to-night basis, he is generally such a liability more, out there defensively. Yeah, he's more consistently a liability than he is. Yeah, an and and he player. doesn't put up and he he just doesn't produce enough offense for it to be worthwhile. So I don't know. I I've never been a huge Hannafin believer, but he, I I was I was hoping for him to kind of prove me wrong a little bit this year, and he definitely hasn't. And I mean, the other guy for me, which is kind of like, I think for everybody, it's like, what has happened to Mark Jankowski? Because even before this, the guy scored 13 goals last year, and we were still hating on him. Like, he had, he had what, 17 the year previous? 13 last year? He has zero points. He has 14 shots this year. He's got four, listen to this. How many games has he played? He's played, I believe, 26 games. In 26 games, he's been able to manufacture 14 shots. He's getting a shot pretty much every other game. He gets one he's, shot. He's averaging one shot for every two games that he plays. And sure, like he's getting mostly penalty kill time. He's on the fourth line, but still. And he's still fine defensively. But, I mean, it's just kind of shocking to me. Like, because not that I ever expected Mark Jankowski to be, like... But to be honest, like I was kind of hoping he would start putting up some numbers so we could trade him for something more useful and less expensive. But like, I don't know how you can look at this guy's season and say he hasn't been one of the most disappointing players. Like he's literally been demoted, like from start of training camp to the fourth line. Um, he scored zero goals. Has he even been on the ice for a goal yet? I think maybe one. Oh, it would it would surprise me if he has. But. Like, what is wrong with this guy? Could we get some sort of contribution? Like, you'd think, you'd think, you you would think that if a guy has zero contribution, you could find someone else to play in that position in the lineup, right? Like and how? He's, and he's making one point six million. I may add. So, like, I don't know how you get much more disappointing than Mark Jankowski. Okay, that, that's your wrap. That's my wrap. All right. And that's, that's me being pretty nice because there has been quite a... Like, I mean, Derek Ryan hasn't been great. He's been great recently, but at the start of the year, he had a rough year. I mean, Michael Backlund, the thing that's so frustrating is that he's creating so much offense, or Kachuk is creating so much offense for him, but he's only got two goals. Like, he leads the team in expected goals, Michael Backlund, and he's got two. 
Has anybody had more open nets than he has all year? Yeah, so that's kind of annoying. All right, I got Johnny at the top of my list, Sean at the second. For all the same reasons that everybody knows, very disappointed in those guys. Yeah, like, how can you I, I don't. I'm not sure who you're more disappointed in, Johnny Gaudreau or Sean Monahan. I guess you have to do the slight edge to Gaudreau because you know the offense funnels through him. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. Same third on my list is Janko. Mostly for the reason of, like, you've had zero pushback to like, being demoted. If he was... Exactly. Like, you know, like, there's opportunities abound to climb up in the lineup. You've the lineup it. has been a, a revolving door this season. It's anybody. They're, they're begging someone to take a spot in the top six. You're making zero case to move your way up He's the lineup. Got 14 shots. You have 14 shots in 26 games. So supremely disappointed. I also agree. Hannafin, I'm also going to pair in Hamannick with that. Them as, those two as a pairing are a, f- a liability. A they are a liability. Like, Consistently. And again, like it wouldn't be as... Because the thing is, they do generate a lot of shots offensively, but they like they don't generate enough high-quality scoring chances to mitigate their defensive... Their poor defensive impact. Right. It's not like a Brett Burns. Yeah, it's not like Burns where he's just like horrible defensively, but also scoring 70 points. It's like he's horrible defensively, and maybe he gets five goals this year for Hannafin or Hamannick. So So I lump those two together mostly. Yeah, especially when they're together. I mostly lean on Hannafin more than, than Hamannick, but and then I got I got a fifth guy on there. Okay. Gio. You know what? Great point. I didn't even think about him. He hasn't been very. He's been, he's been okay. He's not been Norris like whatsoever. He's not been Mark Giordano. And sure, obviously, I'm comparing him to the season we saw last year, which and was lights out insane. We're comparing all these guys to the seasons we, they've had last year. And sure, you have to take it with a grain of salt that if they can't repeat it, they had a career year. You got to live with it. But he's been turning the pucks over as well. He's been having bad pinches that lead to odd man rushes that lead to goals. This is the guy that leads your defense core. Well, again, like that's. If like, anybody, like, he can't he can't be setting that example. No, and you were talking about some two two on ones Brody's been exposed on. It's like I can think of like three right off the top of my head that have been because Mark Giordano is for some reason nowhere to be found. So, yeah, he's 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 been a little disappointing for sure. I agree. All right, next question: Who's been the most improved player through the first third of the season? Well, I have a couple. Okay, um, I have been nothing short of very impressed with. I'm going to lump them into one. is Rasmus Anderson and Oliver Shillington. And I know Shillington is kind of, for some reason, I don't know why, but like the media has been over him for being poor defensively. Bill Peters was on him for being poor defensively. He's been sent down to Stockton like for like for seemingly no reason other than that, oh, we will do this work out the pedal to kill. Oh, it's, it's like, for my money, Oliver Shillington has been one of the most consistent defensemen. Yeah, I, I was in the same boat until he got sent down. I feel like he's... He hasn't been as good since he got struggled. back, struggled. Sure. I think it's taken a hit to his confidence. But, I mean, you watch the guy play. He's in a dynamic skater. He moves the puck exceptionally well. And, I mean, he's doing... He's holding his own in his own zone. So, I'm very impressed with him. Okay. Uh, Rasmus Anderson, I think, like... I don't know if he's... The, he's. I think he's improved. Because I think we saw spurts of it last year. But he just... I was I was unconvinced in the off season okay. a little bit because everybody was like, "Oh, he should be with Geo," 
And I was like, mm, not quite yet. I think he's absolutely shown he's a top four defenseman on this team this oh, year. Yeah, easily. So I, w- I would say one of one of those two guys for sure. And then I'll get I'll give a quick like kind of like sidebar to Dave Riddick because I don't know if I think he has improved because the question going into this season was is he a legitimate number one goalie? Yeah. Because we saw last year he kind of struggled with a bit of inconsistencies. Yeah. We saw the year previous, obviously, when he was given the reins after Smith got hurt, he couldn't get it done. Yep. So, and he's been nothing short of great. So, I'll go those three guys. I know I always keep giving way more than you. Boy, we sure think alike. Do we? Well, I don't have those two as my top two because I, I think you answered it and your answer was they have improved. But to me, you know, especially with Anderson, that's what I saw. I'm seeing what I saw last year. Right. See, I was a little more skeptical. And even with David Riddick, I'm seeing what I saw last year. I guess the biggest thing is they're doing it more consistently. Now, obviously, no one else has really stepped up to improve too much. Yeah. But See, that's the thing. It's like but, pretty much everyone's gotten worse. But based on a very small sample size, I'll say Austin Zarnick. Yeah, I like that. And I'll tail that if the even smaller sample size, Dylan Dubé. 100%. Well, it's kind of fun. What I think what's kind of funny is like I think for most fans and most people, like how long have we been saying, like, where's Dubé? Put Mange in the top six. Literally since Split last season. Split up Hannafin and Hamannick. Literally about five games after being sent down last season, I've been saying it. And it's, like, unbelievable that it takes these professionals who get paid millions of dollars to, like, do it. It's like, I don't get how these guys get paid so much money. <laughs> it's insane. Okay, so. All right, who's who's... This is a this is a pretty easy one. So your MVP, we'll a, well, yeah, it's been David Riddick. David Riddick, hands down. Like, and it it's kind of funny because the number one question coming into the season was the Flames are good, but could you imagine if if our two goaltenders were Mike Smith and Cam Talbot? Would be fucked. Would we be six games below five hundred? Like, I mean, that's what again it cracks me up. It's like that was the asterisk going into the season. The Flames are so good. But is their goaltending that good? It's like literally been the exact opposite. The Flames have been terrible and their goaltending has been great. So Riddick's been your MVP for sure. I know he's had a few gaffes and it's like... He's got to stop playing the puck. He's got to stop playing the goddamn puck. And he lets in... Like he let in a bad goal against Ottawa. Like here's the thing. If you're going to play the puck... Yeah. Well, then, this is Mike Smith in him. Like, well, that's, Mike Smith taught him. That's the, the trade thing. that never stops giving. That's the thing. Where When is it valuable to play the puck? When you can actually execute. Exactly. The thing is, even if he's not turning it over, it's not like he's it's executing. It's not helping. It's, like, not it's like screwing up the breakouts. It's not like he's executing to an extent where it's like, oh, good thing he played the puck. Wow. Exactly. It's kind of like, Riddick, just play the puck when the puck gets dumped he's in. trying too hard. And the other line's changing. Yeah. You are. You are trying too hard. Anyways. Other than that, you're the MVP, though, yeah. Dave Riddick. He's the MVP. Who's by, your number two? By far. I guess you maybe go Lindholm just because he scored. Like, he's the only one scoring goals. So That's who maybe. I picked. That's who I, I picked. Think you, I think Kachuk, there could be an argument for Kachuk because he has led some of the comebacks. Not consistent enough. But, yeah, like he, like I said. And if if there was maybe enough. three more games yeah. where it was like, where holy was shit, great. Kachuk, he has shown up again. Yeah, I agree. Now, obviously, he's in the fabric of the game still, but he is. It's just, it's just it's a, to a lesser extent, yeah, and I get it. Too much inconsistency. It's been a real struggle for the team. Yeah. The team has struggled, and I think through that that, that six-game losing streak, he was trying to figure out, well, what do I do? I can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. but Especially when often he's neutered on the second line, 
playing tough defensive minutes. Yeah. He like here's the thing, you're setting up guys in the slot. Yeah. Like backland. You're setting backland up every five minutes On wide a open basis. This is the net by a mile. So if backland buries more of those, Kachuk's probably point per game for sure. Okay, I'm gonna test your fortune telling abilities. Who's the one player it's so good so far this year? Who's the one player who can write this ship? Who will write this ship? Who's gonna break out here in the next five to ten games? and start to turn the season around for us. Who's going to be? Well, the easy answer is Johnny Gaudreau. But I think it's Matthew Kachuk. You don't think he's going to go on a heater here soon? Why are you in my head? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I maybe because... It's I also be- said Matthew Kachuk. I guess maybe it's that's, Especially, what we, that's all we've seen from him exactly. in three years. Yeah. He's been the, the type of player he yeah. is. He's the kind of guy... I don't think it is going to be Johnny Gaudreau. Maybe Kachuk will... Well, I think Kachuk will be the, the catalyst. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's why everybody's so stoked on this like potential top new first line. Because you can roll up Kachuk in home man in Japan. You're giving Kachuk probably more ice time, maybe more favorable matchups, maybe more think, offensive zone starts. Do you think Jeff Ward will actually start with these lines? I would be surprised if these lines would start, but I think elements of these lines will be worked into the next game. Because I have zero problem with Chucky Lino Monge. I think you should go with that. Regardless. I think absolutely that you go with that. I still question separating Johnny and Monty. I don't think you separate them, even would, though we have talked about like, hey, well, Monahan Gaudreau, like, what's Monahan doing yeah. without Gaudreau? But and then listen, part of me questions demoting Gaudreau down to the third line. There's no way Johnny Gaudreau. I guarantee. No, there's no way the Lucic Ryan Gaudreau line is a starting line <laughs> on Thursday, unless they're really, really desperately reaching for something to get this guy going, which I don't see really how that gets you going playing with. Two pretty much fourth line guys, but yeah, um, yeah. I think it's Kachuk. I think Kachuk is the guy who's going to get going here. Who's going to get this team going? Um, and I think by default, if he gets the guy, if he gets going, that opens up more for Monahan and Goodrow as well. So, yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs>